0: good I'm glad we can bring it all to him absolutely I want to remind all of you thank you girls that was a great blessing to me um, I want to remind all of you tonight right after the service uh, we'll have a business meeting now we said it was cool in the building this morning certainly not that this evening but uh, it's gonna get hotter in here amen and so appreciate all of you being here And um, I'm going to bring a message tonight uh, on Hebrews chapter 4. If you'll turn there, if you'll open your precious Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. And uh, I was going to give some other thoughts. I was going to try to finish all my message this morning. Didn't get there. And then I was going to finish it. I had another message for tonight. So I'm going to preach this one that I had for tonight. And then I'm going to preach the rest of that one Sunday this morning next week. But um, I want to... This morning's really the message was just simply the, the, uh, the Word of God is a sword, a double-edged sword. But tonight, I want to really bring a message on the weapon of truth, the weapon of truth. Now, you say, Pastor, I don't know if you ought to use that language of talking about the Bible. Well, the Bible, when you think about the sword, it's, it's, an off, it's a weapon, Amen. And uh, we're in a warfare. I don't know if y'all checked last time, but you know we're in a warfare. If you're a a Christian, uh, there's a a spiritual battle going on, and you're in it if you're saved. And I'm thankful that we do have the truth, aren't you? And I love the image that God gives us and reveals to us in Hebrews chapter 4 and how He describes the Word of God. And so let's begin reading in verse 11. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. And uh, so I want to pray here in a moment, but I want to say I'm going to be starting a series of messages on the Word of God and the eight images. And I know there's more, but this is what God's led me to deal with. The eight images of what God refers to the Word of God. And we first we're going to deal with the sword. But we know that he calls it he refers to it as a hammer he refers to it as light he refers to it as seed he refers to it as a mirror he refers to it as water he refers to the word of god as food and so we're going to deal with all of these subjects and i'm just going to take my time doing it but tonight we want to look at continuing looking at the word of god is the sword and of course if we're going to deal with a sword then we know if we're going to sit under the sound Word of God, we're going to be reading our Bibles, meditating upon the Bibles, sitting in a Sunday school class, and as I said this morning, if we're hungry for the Word of God and we're receiving the Word of God and we're mixing what we hear with faith, and I'm going to tell you something, you're going to get pierced. You're going to get pierced. So why would anybody think if we're going to read the Bible, if we're going to listen to a preacher, if we're going to listen to a Sunday school teacher, then we ought to come prepared, ready, because we're dealing with a sword. It's going to pierce us. By the way, if we're receiving the word of God and we are manif- if we're mixing faith with what we're hearing in the word of God and we're receiving the word of God, we're applying his word to our hearts and we're ready to receive it, then look, we're going to get, we're going to get convicted. Why? Because God says it's a hammer. We're going to get broken. Why? Because it's a hammer. Hey, if we're going to set under the good, uh, the, the Word of God, and we're going to receive the Word of God, one of the other symbols, he said, it's like fire. So, what does fire do? Fire burns, it burns the draw, so it's going to refine us. And by the way, we all ought to be concerned about being refined as Christians. We ought to be concerned if we've got some dross in our life, if we've got some impurities in our life, we ought to let the Word of God do its work in our heart and we be refined. And so we're going to look at all of these but I don't want to jump the gun but I want to say that's why it's so important around this church, around this ministry, everything should focus and everything should flow from the word of God, the preaching of the word of God and I'm saying to you and I tell you this year we're going to work really hard at not minimizing this service. We're going to work really hard at not minimizing Sunday school. We're going to work really hard at not minimizing the Wednesday night service. We're not going to minimize, hey, Sunday night service. Why? Because we know that God says he gives the attributes to the word of God and the work that it will do will only be done in our lives if we are receiving the word of God. So we ought to be open to it. We ought to be ready. And I've said this, I, I fear. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. After we've been saved for a long time, what we start to think is we start to let our guard down a little bit. Say, I've heard that. Or, you know, that's just the preaching service. Or, I know he's going to say something I've always said. But see, we don't need to look at it like that. Because at any moment when you're under the sound word of God, you could get pierced. And if you're not there, you won't get the piercing you need. You might need light that day because the Bible refers to itself as a lamp. And if we're not there and ready to receive, and if we're not here, present, ready to hear and ready to listen, like I said, we can be in this building and still miss it. And the sad thing is if you miss it, you miss the light, the lamp that God wants to give you. By the way, I'm going to deal with it tonight, but the word of God, that word quick, that word for the word of God is quick and powerful, that word quick means it's alive. It's a living book. So let's just look at it tonight quickly. First of all, I want you to know the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, this double edged sword, the Word of God is living. The Bible says that it's quick and powerful. So just quickly, to to get the Word, what does it mean to be quick? It means to live, it's breathing, to be among the living, it's not lifeless, it's not dead. The word powerful means that it energizes and it's active. So let's just put it down to where we understand it. The word of God is quick. So in other words, it's relevant. It's alive. It's living. It's not some archaic book that's not relevant to our life today. Let me say to every teenager here tonight, the word of God is relevant to your life now. I don't care how boring you think it is. When you get older, you're going to wish to God that you would have listened to the Word of God when you were younger. And I want you to know, the Bible says it's relevant. That's what the word means, quick. It's alive. How many times have I heard something? Oh, that's just that old archaic book that's out of date. It's never out of date. It's timeless. It's timeless. It's quick, it's alive, it's living, it's relevant, it's profitable. Here's what Martin Luther said, and I quote, "Uh, The Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold on me. That's powerful, isn't it? It's alive. The Bible is a living book through which the living God speaks to His people. Now, I don't know about you, But another reason why we should come here hungry at every Sunday school lesson, every Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service, is because this amazes me. The very God of heaven wants to speak to lowly old me. And he does. The Bible's alive. The Bible is not just a story of what happened to the nation of Israel thousands of years ago. Although it gives us the history of the nation of Israel. But it's relevant to us today. It's not just a collection of myths and legends. Hey, it's not outdated. It's not archaic. It's not irrelevant. The Bible is living. It is active. It is relevant. And it is important. So much that I have chosen, and I know many others here have chosen to live your life around it and I pity the ones who don't that's how relevant it is our whole livelihood our whole life our whole future our whole salvation is dependent upon this word that is living the Bible is inexhaustible inexhaustible it is inextinguishable by the way ask Hitler ask Stalin Ask all of the demonic leaders of the past that said they were going to stamp out the Bible, they were going to exterminate the Bible, and they went on great crusades to try to destroy the Word of God. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm sorry and I hate that it's true, but sadly Hitler's in hell and the Bible's still being preached today. It's inexhaustible. It's inextinguishable. And I want you to know we have the very living words of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick, it's breathing, it's alive, it's not among the dead. And I'm thankful the word is powerful. What's it do? It energizes us. That's why preaching is so important. I want you all to know something and I'm not being ugly here tonight but I'm going to tell you right now I've never seen one young man ever called to preach or get excited about preaching the word of God other than listening and setting under the preaching of God's word. Never seen it. I've never seen one. By the way, I like a lot of other hobbies but I'm going to be honest with you I've never when I was a boy growing up on the riverbank I never felt the call to preach on the riverbank. Why? Because there. I love fishing, but there's nothing powerful there that can motivate me, that can energize me, that can speak to me. And I'm wondering today, why are we living in a day where maybe there's not as many young people concerned about the will of God and the call of God in their life? It might be because they're not under the powerful word of God like they should be. So what's it going to do? It's going to, hey, I'm going to tell you what it's going to do. It's going to motivate. It's going to energize. It's going to be active powerful. It changes. It changes people. It changes hearts. It changes directions. It changes destinies. It changes people's decisions. It changes people's direction of life. The word of God is living. Number two, the word of God as this sword that God says to us in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 it's surgically sharp. It's surgically Sharp. The Bible described in verse 12 being sharper than any two-edged sword made or honed by man. And I'm going to tell you all something. I have touched some knives where people really know how to put an edge on it, and it's sharp. But I want you to know something. What we're dealing with here is more sharper than any other uh, edge that a man can put on something. And I'm going to say something right now. When God starts to speak to your heart, I'm going to tell you how sharp it is. He will hone you and He will deal with you in the most meticulous and absolutely detailed way. He'll deal with you. He'll deal with you. Can I ask you all a question? Have, y'all ever, have you all ever thought, and I'm going to get to this in just a minute, let, let, me, let me not jump the gun. God's Word strikes with, with precision, I mean surprising precision. The ability to deliver the right message at the right place at the right time. Laura and I were sitting in the Sunday school class today. We're sitting in the back. We're listening to Brother Nate teach. And I'm going to be honest with you. Her and I looked over at each other at about the same time. And here's what we both, well, she said it. She said, boy, the Lord knows what we need. Precise. It's Precise. God's word strikes with surprising precision. It has the ability to deliver the right message in the right place at the right time through the Holy Spirit's empowerment. It's beautiful, isn't it? According to Matthew Henry, and I quote, it subdues and mortifies evil desires and blasphemous thoughts as they rise within, and answers unbelief and error as they assault from without. A single text Well understood and rightly applied at once destroys a temptation or an objection and subdues the most formidable adversary. That's powerful. Charles Spurgeon once mentioned that a rebellious man who went to hear evangelist George Whitfield. And the reason I wanted to share this is because I know someone in my life that had the same motives. I'm gonna tell you the story in just a minute. But he he went to this here, Mr. Whitfield, not to learn, but he went there to mock him. He called Whitfield a member of the Hellfire Club. Later he stood up amongst his fellow scoffers and he delivered an impeccable recital of Whitfield's sermon. And I think of Brother Larry when I think of this because when we dealt with something a few years ago, someone was putting out our information trying to be a mockery to us and here's what they didn't understand. They were putting the gospel out. And I was too dumb to realize that and Brother Larry said, Pastor, don't don't struggle with that. He said, what you don't see? they're They're putting the gospel out. So this man, in an attempt, to really, I mean, get after George Whitfield, and he started to mock him, he started to quote and to recess and to recite George Whitfield's sermon. What the poor guy didn't expect was while in the middle of the mockery, the man paused and he suddenly sat down, broken by the Word of God, then he confessed the power of the Gospel, he later preached the same Gospel he once made fun of and brought others to Christ as well. The sword is sharp. By the way, I say, well, I tell you right now, Pastor, I don't need to be going to church tonight because I ain't got the right attitude anyway. That's why you ought to be here. Yeah. Right. That's why, because boy, I'm telling you right now, the Word of God is so sharp, boy. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, I really would love to come down off this platform, but I'm not going to. Pastor Altizer, we sat under him for seven and a half years. I know his testimony as about as good as I do mine. You say, why? Because I heard it every Sunday. It was about 8.45 on a Sunday night. He and his wife was having some problems. And I'm just going to be honest with you. He didn't like his in-laws. His in-law, his daddy-in-law, was a preacher. And they had asked his preacher, Mr. Grimmett, to come and preach at the church that night. And him and Miss Ryder was separated. Miss Ryder wasn't even living there. She was living with her parents and he could not stand her parents. He said, I hated them. He said, me and Bob Grimmett couldn't get along. He said, they was the biggest hypocrites in Greenberg County. And he said, boy, about that time, he said, I heard that Bob Grimmett was going to be preaching down there at the church. And he said, I went down there, and he said, I'm telling you what I was going to. He said, I was going to go in there and tell that whole church that he was, they was the biggest hypocrites, and everybody in that church was a hypocrite. And he said, boy, I got in there. And he said, boy, I got to sitting in there. And he said, it got so warm in there. And he said, oh, Bob Grimmett got up to preach. He said, about that time, he said, my wife hit the altar. She was crying. She was confessing her sin. And he said, about 845 on that Sunday night, he said, something come over me. And he said, boy, I went down to that altar. And he said, I got saved by the good grace of God. And he said, when I looked up, he said, Bob Grimmett wasn't a hypocrite. And he said, they wasn't a hypocrite in the house. At first when I heard of some people who claimed the old-time religion was real, I said I'll go down, take a look at the crowd, for it's just that weak-minded I feel. I walked up the steps, I peeked into the door, but the devil said, don't you go in. But he said, "I won't hurt me, I'll just step inside and I'll set as far back as I can. Something got a hold of me. Y'all know that old song? Something got a hold of me. I tell you that night I went there for spite, but something got a hold of me. And then, buy, then this story of this song says, uh, so, uh, they sang like they meant it. They all clapped their hands. I said it's just commotion, that's all. When they get down to pray, I'll just get up and leave, for I don't want to be seen here at all. They got started, the preacher got started to preach and he looked straight down at me. He told everybody how mean that I was. He didn't talk like he thought much of me. I sat in my seat just thinking it over, and then they all started to pray. The fire fell from heaven, I fell to the floor. I prayed there and God had his way for something got a hold of me. I'm gonna tell you all right now, the sword sharp. So if y'all are in the worst attitude, if you're not right with God, if you think, well, I'm telling you right now, it's a waste of my time to get down there. I don't even have the right spirit. That's why y'all ought to come, because the sword can pierce. And it's amazing to me what the sword and the Word of God will soften us up. So, oh, yes, it's sharp. It's a lie, but can I say, number three, it pierces. The Word of God pierces. Notice what the Bible says. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and the sunder. And the soul, let me read it exactly the way was. I got a head on myself there. Two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's powerful stuff. Piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. That's deep. That's thorough, as my mother would say. That's thorough. Hey, I want you to know, the Word penetrates to the inmost recesses of our spiritual being. A sword cuts through the joints and the marrow of the body. It affects not only the spirit, but it affects the soul. Now, we all know that we are three in one. We are a three triune being. We have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. Now, what we do most of the time in our world today and even in Christianity, we don't deal with the spirit, we deal with the, with the soul. You say, what do you mean? Well, because we're such an emotional bunch, we deal with the soul. But see, here's what's beautiful about the Bible. It not just says it deals with the spirit, it deals with both. It cuts to the both. And I think it's beautiful because certainly there is a distinction between the soul and the spirit. The spiritual aspect of man is his relation to God. So ultimately we know that God is trying to to, uh, quicken, to make alive. He's trying to uh, make active our spiritual life for the Lord. The Bible does that. But what gets in the way a lot of times of our spiritual life is our mental life, our emotional life. Our soul gets in the way because our soul is how we relate to the environment and the world around us and people. In other words, if I'm going to talk to your soul, I'm going to say, well, Pastor cried this morning. Okay, you dealt with my soul. That was my emotion, my intellect, my will. That's a part of me. And by the way, obviously as an example this morning, the the Word of God deals with the soul and the spirit. It deals with both. That's what makes the Word of God so powerful. I can read, uh, 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 and by the way, I don't, but some of you like Christian uh, uh, novels and you like the, the uh, what are those called that they're not real? Fiction. <laughs> There's a word. I don't read fiction, but look, my wife loves them, other women, and I say read on. I think that's great. I'm just not a big fiction guy. I read other things. But I'm going to be honest with you. I have read some books and they have affected my soul. I've cried. I have gotten emotional over it. Or it has made me sad. I could watch something on television and that show or that event can affect my soul. But there's nothing on this planet that can affect our soul and our spirit like the Word of God. By the way, That's why I don't, every once in a while I tell jokes. But by the way, if you notice, normally when I get up here, here's my first words Would you please open the precious Word of God and let's read? That's usually what I say. That's the habit that I'm in. Now, every once in a while, I like to bother Robert because Robert doesn't like me telling jokes. And so sometimes I do it just to aggravate Robert West. That's a joke. And by the way, if you think I'm hard on Robert, me and brother Robert loves each other. I think we both earned a right to to talk to one another like that. (laughs) I'll stop right there. Because he tells me some of my jokes aren't funny. But the Bible pierces deep. The Bible pierces right to the heart. It reveals God's will as opposed to mine. Here's how surgically sharp and how accurate it is. Have y'all ever, just as I mentioned this morning, I've been in a place, and I, I've, I've been here long enough to hear it. I've had people come up to me from this building, and they've come and visit this church, and they've walked up to me, and I'm not lying, they'll say, has my friend talked to you? Can I ask you a question? Has my husband or wife talked to you? And I'm like, no, they've not talked to me. Well, that's awful funny because what the message was on tonight was exactly what we've been dealing with. That's the sword. That ain't the man. It's accurate, man. It's sharp. It, 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 It is amazingly accurate. And it deals with all of you, the soul and the spirit. And here it is. The sword cuts through and reveals God's will to us. And here's what's amazing about that. Many times God's will is in opposition to my will or to your will. It's not what we want to do. It's not what we want to do. And I'm going to be honest, I I know I'm going to speak a lot to parents this year, especially in February, because you know what? I'm older now and I realize you never do enough you never say enough, you never give the word enough, you never uh, lovingly lecture enough, teach enough. I'm telling you, you never do enough. If you're getting on your teenager's nerves, you ain't done it right yet. You got to keep doing it. Lovingly, patiently, but consistently. Because I've learned this, the only thing that's going to break through the emotions, especially of what our children are being taught today, is the word of God. And see, here's what's amazing. Everything they're hearing out in society is contrary to that. Why do you think they've had such an opposition in this country to get the Bible out of our schools? I'm going to tell you why. It's a mirror. So you know what? They're not going to line up with the mirror. So you know what they do? They get rid of the mirror. They just get rid of the mirror. And why when we start rebelling against the Lord and His will, when the sword starts to pierce and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm trying to stop you. That's not what I want you and your family to do. What do we do? Well, what we do now in the Christian world is we give every spiritual reason why we can do it. But see, that's not the Word of God. Here's what He does. He reveals His will to me opposing mine. We have a choice to make. Do I allow the sword to show me God's will and then do it? The Bible pierces deep. The Bible Bible pierces right to the heart. It reveals God's will and listen. Every time God reveals his heart and his will for you, my will, if it doesn't line up with that, he's always right and I'm always wrong. The word of God is a discerner. Look at this verse, verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and morrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents. Man, that's deep. <laughs> a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Can I ask you all a question? Aren't you all glad that people really don't know your motives? I'm going to tell you all this. I'm glad not every time people know mine. Let me tell you something. God does. What's this discerner? This word of God is a discerner. What is it? It's a a critic. The Bible's a critic. It It critiques us. The Bible critiques or judges the thoughts and the attitudes of my heart. The word of God gets right. To the heart of the matter. It is a critic. And by the way, here's a critic that's always right. Now I run into some critics that's not always right. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Bible's always right. An African woman was asked if she enjoyed reading her new Bible. I love this. She replied, Sir, I'm not reading this book. This book is reading me. The Bible exposes our real motives, our real emotions and thoughts, and it brings us to face with reality. Now, I'm going to tell you all something. Motives matter. And I'm going to be honest. This is where it gets down to the nitty-gritty. And you know what the only people that really truly know the motives is the person. Now, I try to discern people's motives because that matters to me. It really does. For instance, I'll just use this. as Okay? When someone sings here, now, you might say, Wow, Pastor, you ought not be doing that. But I'm going to be honest with you. There ought to be a spirit about someone that is singing for the right motive. It's not because, look at me. Look at me now. Y'all ready? Look at him. See, there's a difference. Look at him. There's a difference. Look at him. And by the way, I've been around people, and that's 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 the motive that I get. By the way, I, I'm for people praising the Lord. Are y'all for people praising the Lord? I'm for people praising the Lord. Hey listen, I would love that everybody in this church would shout amen after the choir gets done singing their opener but you know what, I'm not going to make everybody do it but I wouldn't bother me at all but I'm going to tell you right now if somebody come in here and y'all started beating a tambourine in this building and you're the only one doing it I'd have to question whether or not you're doing it for the right motive Now if we're all banging it, it's fine. But if somebody just happened to show up here and start banging a a thing of symbols, I'd have to question their motive of why in the world are they doing that? Are y'all with me? Yeah. yeah. But to be fair, I miss motives sometimes. To be fair, I probably miss them a lot of times. We come to our conclusions. We come to our prerequisites and say, oh, well, that's why that happened. But to be fair, we really don't know. But I'm going to tell you where it gets down to the nitty-gritty. God does, and he'll reveal Him in his word to us personally. And maybe nobody else knows and nobody else needs to know as long as we know he's let us know. See, that's why this book is so important, why it's so vital. It's a discerner. The Bible exposes our real motives. Look, when we are exposed to God's Word, we have a choice to make at that moment to follow our thinking or to follow God's thinking. I'm going to read a few things here and I'm going to close. The Word not only lets you see what your thoughts are, it criticizes your thoughts. When it is inside you, you can say to yourself, This thought is proud. That thought is good. That thought's selfish. And by the way, every Christian, if you'll let the word of God discern, you know the truth. That thought's Christ-like. See, it's a judge of thoughts and of men. Only the word of God can do it accurately. What the Word of God really does is it turns us inside out and makes us see ourselves for who we really are. And then we have a choice. We either repent or we rebel. And I'm going to close. Some people don't like what they see. So they deny the word, they dispute the word, they hate the word, and they will run from the church and run from preachers and they will run out into the world and bury their heads in the sands of ignorance and they'll say, at least I'm happy. But then they might be happy for a while, but at least for a while until their life is over and they have to give an account for why they ran from the God and His word. I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to close. There was a young lady, I don't know, a young lady at the time. She was probably a little older than me. I was just in college we all worked at a marketing company and this young lady was a manager there. Well one of the girls that went to Crown really befriended her and she got a burden for her. She was raised in a missionary home. Her last name was Quayar. And uh, her name was Ruth. And Ruth really had a burden for this woman. And so she started to, her name was Shannon. And she started to witness to this woman. And she started to witness to this woman. And I'll never forget it. She finally became such good friends with Shannon. Shannon actually came to the church service one morning. and I'll never forget it. Man, it was a great message that morning. It was a gospel message. And after the end of the service, we were all walking out in the parking lot and I seen Shannon burying her head on the top of her car and she was weeping like a child. And Ruth was standing there beside her just patting her on the shoulder. She said, Shannon, you can get saved today. She said, you can trust the Lord today. And she was under such conviction. Man, I told Laura, I said, Laura, that's one of the managers at church. I said, we need to pray. We got in the car and we started to pray, but I didn't want to be awkward and feel like I was being nosy. She so said, we pulled out of the car and we left. I'll never forget it. I was excited. I thought, man, I guarantee you Shannon got saved that morning. I go to work the very next day, and it's awful funny. Shannon had been awful uh, nice to us. She had been very kind to all of us crown students. and she. she was really close with Ruth but all of a sudden I seen a change in Shannon I went up to Ruth I said Ruth did Shannon get saved she says no she said she just wouldn't do it she said there was something just holding her back but she said Mark she was under such such conviction but there was a few little hang-ups in her life she just couldn't get past and she wouldn't. And next thing you know, that very sweet lady that used to love all of us and be kind to us, I'm going to tell you something, she became the most bitter, she became the most ruthless person in that whole building towards Ruth, And anybody that named Christian, and here's why I say all of that, she did not respond to the word of God and she got under conviction. She rejected the Bible. And I'm going to tell you something. She might have got away from the conviction of God's word, but she was a miserable person from that point on and she was repulsed by anything of the gospel. I've seen it. Why have we seen people that's been so excited and they come to church and, man, they're ready to hear the word of God. Then all of a sudden the word of God penetrates something. That's too close, Rev. That's too close. You done, you done bother me now, preacher. You done, you done got past preaching. You done got to mailing, boy. And that word of God gets in there. And, boy, I'm going to tell you what. We have a choice to make. We either line up with it or we get mad at the word. We get mad at the messenger. But, oh, and it might get you away for a while. But I'm going to tell you something. Those chickens will come back to roost. And there will be regret. And there will be shame. And there will be so much things, that we bitterness, that we wish we would not have had to face. So here's all I'm saying. If the word of God, if God loves you enough to speak to you, by His dear grace, say yes and obey Him. And you'll thank God you did. Amen? So I hope and pray around here our preaching services will get a little bit more lively. I hope and pray that our preaching service will get a little bit more attended because I'm going to tell you all right, if y'all are hungry and y'all know y'all are coming here week in, week out knowing you need stirred, you know you need uh, uh, pierced, you know you need hammered, you know you need help, you know you need light, If you know that, can you imagine what kind of a billboard we would be for everybody else? And I will say this. This sword does cut, but I love this. Are you all ready? This same sword that cuts heals us too. Heals us too. It heals us. There's been a million nights I've not been able to sleep. Y'all ever get like that? Now, I was told this morning that I told everybody half in this church, y'all, were old. That's why everybody was laughing, right? I didn't catch it. Y'all know preachers. And then I want to say something else, because brother Cobby come up, and I want to make sure I clear. When I said I've heard preachers, some crazy preachers, and they talk about outlandish things, I meant that in a good way. Did y'all understand that? Because I get around people like that, man, and I get nervous. Because I'm like, man, and like I said, when Pastor Sex comes here, I mean, he walks into the place, he's pointing stuff, and I'm like, Ugh, uh, uh. I about had a brain freeze. He's like, you need to do this, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing it, and I'm like, man, and that's just his life, right? You got to trust the Lord by faith. So that's what I was trying to say. Faith. We ought to be challenged. Brother Cobby told me that a missionary came and uh, preached and then as he was walking out the door, Brother Cobby went up to him and said, man, that was a great message. Well, good, what are you going to do with it? Well, i tell you right now, I'm not going go back to that church. That preacher done got nosy. You know, I'm going to ask all of you tonight, what are you all going to do with this? What are you all going to do with today? What are we going to do with everything we heard? I'm going to tell you what I hope all of us do. I hope we get the sword out and we start stabbing people tomorrow. Let me tell y'all what I heard yesterday. Do you, you need to come to church with me. Why? Because man, the preacher branded us ashore. He brandished a sword today. What are you talking about? He brandished the word of God and he got up and preached. And man, I'm telling you right now, it affected my soul. It affected my spirit. It gave me light. It pierced me. And hey, the same word that cuts me heals me. The same word that condemns me cleanses me. I'm going to tell y'all right now. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. God's word will never fail, never fail, never fail. God's word will never fail. No, no, no. How many of y'all agree? Amen. Amen. How many of y'all ready to do this business meeting? How many of y'all glad we got the word of God? Brother Eastridge, aren't you glad that you're a missionary and a preacher of the Word of God? Amen. And listen, we want all of you to stay if you feel comfortable staying, but this is a business meeting. It's our annual one, and we'll get that ready here in just a second. But before we do that, let's just bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to ask you to stand. Brother Don, would you come? Maybe just lead us in a verse of a song, and let's just pray. And let's ask God to help us. The happiest place in town on Sunday should be the church. Y'all agree? I do. Why? Because we got a sword. We got a lamp. We got a mirror. We got food. We got water. We got it all right here. And let's ask God to help us. Amen. And we'll make preparation. You want to do that? Sounds good to me. That breaketh the rock in twain. All right? Let's sing it together. Ready? It's weird. if you'd like to go get them that would be great and then our nursery workers can come out for the business meeting and we'll give just a few moments for that and so if you want to take care of that that'd be a great great blessing and we do not mind the children being in here for that at all and I'm going to ask I know brother Jimmy has all of the things oh yes please cut us offline there hey thank you for all of you that joined online God bless you have a wonderful wonderful night